What's up, boys? Yo, yo. Yo, yo. Mad Handle Podcast Finals Edition. How's everyone feeling? NBA Finals, baby. Jacked up. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm ready to go. Charlie, how about you? Let's go, baby. Game four tonight. Big time. All the chips on the table. (laughs) What kind of chips are we talking? Potato chips? Casino chips? I'm talking hundos at the Bellagio. Yeah, (laughs) boy. I was going to say. $1,000 chips. There we go. Well, b- before we get into all this basketball talk, got some news for the, for all the millions of fans. Officially off the market. Sorry to all the ladies listening, Ooh. but officially off the market this past Ladies, weekend. take a number. Take, <laughs> take a number. Take a number. <laughs> Congrats, Congratul- buddy. Congratulations, Big news. Man. Congrats. I pr- appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate it. I hate the spotlight, so let's – uh. Let's jump into some hoops talk. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Where you guys want to start it off? I think, uh, you know, it's besides these two teams here with uh, the Lakers and Miami in the finals, every other team, this is kind of their off season. And when that pulls around, you know the rumor mill is going to be buzzing. And we got some Knicks news. So, Charlie, what do you – I know you read some articles about what's going on with the Knicks this offseason. Let's hear your take. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hot on the press right now. I think there's a couple of different <laughs> options that uh, that's out. So we've obviously seen the, uh, the Victor Oladipo rumors out of Indiana. Apparently he's maybe looking for a change of scenery. We've obviously also seen the uh, Chris Paul rumors um, with Oklahoma City potentially looking to, like, really reset, obviously getting rid of Billy Donovan and – potentially looking to get rid of that contract. Um, I think a couple of other names that are pretty interesting that I've seen, Joel Embiid, believe it or not, the CAA connection with Leon Rose, Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, which I think would be a little bit interesting with the the past history with the Timberwolves. Um, And then also, too, I'm I'm thinking uh, maybe a veteran player as well could be in the mix, maybe like a DJ Augustine or something like that. Um, So I don't know. It could be interesting. Easy. Out of all those names, which one are you most and least hyped about? All of them and none of them. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you ready? Have you seen? You've seen Major League, yeah. right? Those baseball movies, yeah. dude. I have totally become that fan in the stands who like yells at the team and everything they do good. I'm like, yeah, but just wait till they blow it in October. <laughs> yeah, exactly. dude. Charlie, you you read off every name, and I was like, why would any of them come here? None of them want to come here. Who are we trading for these guys? Like, ah, dude, I don't know. Oladipo was on his uh, Instagram Live, and he's like, you know what? I want to play for uh, a championship. I want to win rings. Like, I want to leave a legacy. What about that is in New York? He ain't coming here. Um, like Towns, they just traded for his best friend in D'Angelo Russell. He's locked up for like three, four more years. They're going to trade that top pick for something. Um, I I just, I run through each of these guys' situations and I'm like, (laughs) the Knicks would be worse. Yeah. 
Come play with yeah. RJ and Nilakina and uh, insert another big doofus name here. Like, come on. I, I just, yeah, I, com- I agree there. I, I just don't get, like, with the trades, like, we're not in a position where we have, like, all these, like, great assets that we can get rid of and, like, be still be okay, like, on the rest of the roster to bring one of these guys in. So, like, I, the trade route, I, I don't see us going. And I think if we do, I think it'll be dumb. Like, especially, like, Oladipo, like, he's coming off that injury. I didn't really think that he looked like himself. I mean, I'm sure a full off season and – you know, getting back to where he was, he can do that. But I'm also not the guy, and we're not the team that should be taking a chance on another Amare-esque type guy where it's coming off these injuries, we're giving out big money. But um, the one name that I saw that kind of intrigues me is Fred Van Fleet because, like, you know, New York, we love point guards, and he's the guy, right? He can play defense. He can shoot from three. He's a good passer. And he's won with the Raptors, which I think is a pretty big point there. Uh, Charlie, what are your thoughts on Fred Van Fleet? Yeah, I think Fred Van Fleet could be potentially really interesting. And I think probably for me, the player that I would like want to target the most over any of the other players, be easy. I completely agree. Like none of them really move the needle for me. Also too, like specifically regarding Chris Paul, like that move just reeks of like Baron Davis signing for the Knicks for like one year. It's just like a total (laughs) clout chasing move. Like guy probably has some production company based in Brooklyn or something and just wants to wear crazy hats and like be in New York or something. Like, I don't know. I think trading for Chris Paul would just be like, all about him being on Saturday night not live and not playing for the Knicks. And it just wouldn't be good for the culture of the team. I think by going out and maybe getting somebody a little younger, it would be a little better. Um, and I think Fred Van Fleet fits that mold. I think Fred Van Fleet in the locker room on the team would mesh a lot better with the guys. I think him and RJ together could be potentially interesting, the combinations that he does, how he opens up the game for Mitch too. Um, and obviously he's known as a knockdown three point shooter, especially in the playoffs. So for me, the pluses are high and probably the guy I would target the most. So I've read that he's going to be looking at like $20 million a year. Easy. Are you paying $20 million for Fred Van Fleet? If there's a way that we could work into the contract, he must have a kid every season because remember he had a kid and then he went on that crazy playoff run and they won a ring (laughs) so if we could be like listen you must have a child every season that coincides with the back half of the year i'll give (laughs) 20 million a year yeah just be smart about it have a kid for for the team fred insurance policy right Mm -hmm. charlie are, are, are you okay with like i know he's younger and he you know he's one but like 20 million dollars for i feel like that's a lot of money for i wouldn't say like an elite point guard are you okay with going that high for him not at all not at all it's like a terry (laughs) rogier contract it's like a terry rogier contract from the charlotte hornets like dude do not give me 20 mil a year for fred van fleet like i'm not paying that 
I mean, it would be a reach. Uh, it, it needs to be team. It needs to be team friendly. It needs to have a good term to it as well. Like, I don't want to see a six-year deal or something like that either. Um, yeah. So I think that it it requires the front office to be smart. And I think also too, you know, going back to, to you know thinking about who they've hired in the front office. They've got some smart guys in the front office now who I think are realistically looking at the cap and what they have projected over the next couple of years and maybe are going to be more inclined to, to offer deals that maybe make a little bit more financial sense than maybe Nick's front offices have in the past. Yeah, if, I if see we're that. trying to make sense, trade every pick we got in that Dallas trade. Trade them all before we – have the opportunity to draft a bust and anyone <laughs> figures out that they're going to be like pretty much second round picks. Cause Dallas is set up to win for the next decade. Yeah. Fully agree. Like trade those picks now when people think they're commodities. And so, a pick this year. Trade yeah. the pick this year too. Package That's it with true. one or two of those first rounders and go get somebody because I'm telling you, there's nobody that's good in this draft for the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. I get your point about, you know, we, now we have some smart people here. We're not going to be giving out these dumb contracts. But, like, we're also not in the position to not be giving out those dumb contracts, right? Like, people aren't going right. to be like, oh, yeah, I'll take less money to play here. You know, like, we're going to have to overpay for for some of these guys. But, like, to your point, I just don't think it's for Fred Van Fleet. But, uh Hey, if he gets that $20 million somewhere, good for him, man. Good for him. But uh, anything else on the Knicks rumor mill? Easy, you got anything? Thankfully, no. Thankfully, no. <laughs> no, dude, I, I got nothing. I, I'll be honest. I'm very, I'm very into the playoffs, and uh, I'm kind of, like, at my wit's end with just what's going to happen with the Knicks and, like, I have to be excited about a guy who peaked in 2011, like I, in, in Thibodeau. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not pumped up about it. I'll be very honest. All right, so, so I think this will be a good segue into into this next topic. But question for you, Charlie: If you're the Knicks, if you're Leon Rose, and you know that Doc Rivers is going to get fired from the Clippers, do you wait to make that head coaching hire of Thibodeau? You know, I think it's tough. And, and the reason that I think it's tough is because the, the fit in Philly for Doc is a little bit better than the Knicks. Yeah. The reason being is I think it's a, a, it's a win-now team. So Doc sure. has to come in there, and he's got, unfortunately, a situation with the cap where they've got Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons making, I think, at least $145 million against the cap. Uh, so it's Christ. obviously a win-now team um, in terms of who they have. I don't know if Doc is necessarily up for the development job that gotcha. the Knicks are. Um, you know, That's I think why he left more, the Celtics. Uh, yeah, Sorry, 100%. Sure. Like, no, sure. no, it, no, it's true. It's a great call-out. Like, I mean, he did not want to be part of that reset in Boston. And it obviously proved beneficial to the Celtics. I think they got a pick at least out of it. So it's it's a better fit. Thibodeau's a better fit in the Knicks because he's going to focus a little bit on the development. He's obviously a, a basketball head. He's got a lot of time to, to put into it. 
he's a little bit younger. I mean, Doc's a little older, but older now too. So, you know, it's very much a relaxed atmosphere. Um, I'll be interested to see though, you know, Doc had one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive coaching staffs and analytics departments in the entire league, even more so than Houston. It'll be interesting to see who's on his staff in Philly and what the support team around him looks like in Philly compared to LA. That's a great point. Cause I was going to say that too. I was like, I think, I, if I was the Knicks, I probably would have waited a little bit to at least talk to Doc Rivers because you're right. He does bring in some pretty big names as, like, assistant coaches. Like, he's always had, like, Lawrence Frank and Mike Woodson. I think he's going to bring in Alvin Gentry to, to Philly. So he's going to bring, like, big names. But is he interested to hear what you think on? Would you wait for Doc Rivers or no? Um, I don't think anyone really expected that to happen. <clears throat> Um, it was funny because I saw the article from the other perspective, like, oh, is Thibodeau pissed that he didn't that he took the Knicks job so soon when all these <laughs> other contenders opened up? Yeah. And I was kind of like, fuck you. Like, what about the Knicks? Like <laughs> What about the Knicks? We blew our load in May on who we thought was available, but now pretty much all the good coaches are there. Um yeah. What I do want to talk about, though, because I don't understand this narrative, but everyone's like, oh, Doc's a great hire for the Sixers because, like, uh, like he'll be able to speak to the stars and he'll be able to get Ben and Joel to play together. And, like, he's like the star whisperer, right? Yeah. When and how did that happen? He was in for, in for uh, Lob City – the entire team hated each other. Chris Paul hated Blake Griffin. Uh, yeah. JJ Reddick came out and talked about how the whole team hated each other. That's why they never won. Then you have this Clippers win now team where you have Kawhi who's a mute, Paul George who's a bitch, Doc Rivers doesn't step up and get them to work together, yeah. and now like he's this star whisperer. I don't I don't get that net narrative. I I see the same old shit happening again to the Sixers. No one's yeah. taken Al Horford. No one's taken Tobias's contract. Like, no way. You're rolling the ball out with the same team and expecting Doc, who has a history of not winning, to now win. So, yeah, I think like the main thing here for the Sixers is that you're going from. I know Brent Brown is, you know, he's experienced because he's had that job for so long, but he's. I don't think he brought in like the best staff there. But I think now you're getting yep. that experienced winning coach. It's going to be a whole new style. And, like, I, I, you guys you guys listen to the J.J. Reddick podcast? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He had, he had Jimmy Butler on there, and he was Jimmy Butler was basically calling Brent Brown out the whole time, saying that he, like, never talked in practice. Well, that's not going to happen anymore with Doc Rivers. You're going to hear that raspy voice all throughout the gym. So I definitely think it's a good change. But I probably would have went, and this is going to sound a little ridiculous, but with Mike D'Antoni, just because he does at least space the floor oh, wow. or tries to space the floor, but because uh, they definitely need a huge change in their philosophy there. But so, Charlie, a question, yeah. Kev, real quick, just because you just said that. Yeah. If if they went with D'Antoni, you know they would have had to redo the roster. Yeah. If D'Antoni's the coach. I'm trading Embiid and keeping Simmons. What would you do? 
That's a good. I mean, I don't know. That's a tough call, man. Like you're. I I guess you'd have to go with with Simmons, right? Like he could do. I think he could do a little bit more than Joel if he doesn't clog up the paint as much as Joel does. But that's a tough doesn't call. Doesn't slow the offense down. There's no like dump it to him in the post and get out of the way. And like get gets up and down the court. Um, Guards one yeah, through five. That's, that's a good point, Charlie. What would you do there? That's tough, fellas. I'm taking Joel Embiid all day. Oh, no. Simmons. Guy wow. cannot shoot the guy cannot shoot the three. He's a sieve on defense. No way, man. No way. I'm taking Joel Embiid every day. Right. All right. You know Joel likes his cheeseburgers. He's coming in fat every season. <laughs> oh, oh, he needs to lose 20 pounds. I'm not saying that. No, he's he needs to get on the he needs to do something. He needs to be a vegetarian or something cuz he needs to get his weight. I mean, have you guys had the Philly cheesesteaks there? Like it's tough to say <laughs> no to those. Paisano's baby every night. <laughs> you know, Gino's, Pat's, Paisano's everywhere. They're all Totally Luke. But uh, I, I say we stick with kind of this Doc Rivers thing. Unless you guys have anything else uh, about Philly, I think we covered a bunch there. And we always talk about Philly some for some reason. Too much time for Philly. Yeah, yeah too much time. They'll be out in the first round next year anyway. Um, all right, so let's go to Doc's previous team. Switch it over to the Clippers. Charlie, I know, I know you found out some pretty uh, – insane news about Steve Ballmer, but uh, let's hear what you got on that. Yeah, so apparently uh, the the Clippers' early exit in the playoffs did not go down well with Steve Ballmer. Apparently he blew up uh, after they lost that game and obviously had a really contentious exit with Doc, but apparently not only wanted to fire Doc, wanted to fire everybody on the coaching staff, wanted to trade all of the players, And I think he slowly started to realize that his front office had traded away their entire future, every first-round pick they have, for (laughs) basically one more year of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard before they could potentially go. And basically went, what the fuck is going on? I'm paying one of the most expensive analytics departments in the NBA to make recommendations to the coach who's not listening to any of them because apparently uh, Doc Rivers playing Montrez Harrell over Zubac is like, was like a very hot and contentious point within the organization. So it's really wow. interesting to hear all of this come out. Um, and obviously really interesting to sort of see the state the Clippers are in and what potentially Ty Lue is walking into. Fucking Ty Lue. Easy. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, let me ask you this. You're Stephen Ballmer. You see what happens. You're pe- you just paid, what was it, like $2 billion for this team. Now you're paying this coach. You're paying all the- this analytics department. This star comes in here and tells you that he wants you to trade for Paul George. What are you thinking if you're Stephen Ballmer? The funniest thing is you would do it all again, over and over and over again. To win? I mean, think about it. In 2019, this guy who just won, who's already won a finals MVP, gets traded to a team, wins the finals MVP, and is like, hey, I want to come and play for you. You're a roster that is second fiddle to Lakers. 
you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're a cajillionaire, and you're like, fuck it, I win at everything. I, I'm, I'm, Microsoft, I'm Mr. Microsoft, like, this is what I do. Dude, you, he's doing that nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10. Um, and it's the right True. move. On paper, it's the right move. Like, sh- should he have known Paul George is a bitch? Probably. But, yeah. like, it takes some time. At the same time, you have Kawhi Leonard. So it's like, you're not relying on Paul George to be the man. Like, all we could say, right? We're going to say all this stuff. They roll out the same exact team next year, and they're a finals contender. True, and you make a really good point. Like, I, you know, these teams' windows are so small, right? Where it's like, if you have a chance to go for it and win, speaking from a fan that his teams don't win shit, like if my team had a chance to put together this roster and be a contender for the title, you're probably right. I probably would do it all over again. Oh, and but, the best part, brand new arena in Inglewood. Yeah. True. Has to fill the seats. That's a whole yeah. money thing. So, like, dude, he's doing that over and over again. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, I, but would you not be pissed? I think I'd be pissed. Oh, I think dude, I'd do the same I, thing. I I'd walk in there. Really like, You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Just Vince McMahon and them all over the place. I, I'm, I'm very surprised that the whole doc was floored by him being fired. Like, when Balmer came in – he was the coach, and he was also the GM, if you remember. Then Balmer removed the GM rights or whatever, his duties, and gave them to Lawrence You're Wright. right. Like, dude, writing's on the wall. Like, these owners like their guys. The GMs yeah. like their guys. Um, you can't blow three, three one leads and just expect that life's going to continue. It's true. It's a good point, but I mean, one of the rumors that's out there is that they're already thinking about trading Paul George to the Nets. Like, if that happens, first off, if that happens, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, like who are they getting back from the Nets? Spencer Dinwiddie and Le- uh, Karis Levert, like, and Joe Harris. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, who I, th- I I'll be honest. I think Joe Harris is a stud. Oh, if that's like, the trade, if that's the trade that they're getting, like I'd probably be like, yeah, let's let's do that, because it makes them so much more, like so much deeper. Yeah, when you put them with all the play other players they have, yeah, that's legit roster. Yeah, and Kawhi could be like that number one guy, and he doesn't have to rely on freaking Paul it's George. Toronto like, all over again. It's Toronto all over again. Yeah, it really is. True. But the only thing is, who do they resign? Because uh, Harold's a free agent. Uh, what's his name? Whichever one of the Morrises is on the team, <laughs> he's he's a free agent. Um, Barkus. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a couple guys that they have to resign, and like Harold just showed you he can't guard Jokic, and you're gonna give him what twenty mil a year for the next five seasons? Like, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the type of guy that you're that they're gonna resign. To be honest, but then yeah. you roll with Subach. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't you got a little Zubaj. Yeah. What's his, is his first name? Ivan? I was going to say Ivaka, Iva, but I, I, I don't think it's, it's that. Serge Ivaka. Like 
Ivaka Zubach. <laughs> and that's Montrose Harrell just name. has like Montrose Harrell just has like the Sacramento Kings written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> playing really behind, does. playing behind. Harry you know what Charles I mean? Somehow. King yeah. Kings are going to sign him to like a Harrison Barnes contract, like four years, eighty million dollars. You're just going to go, oh man, that's horrible. <laughs> but you know, if you think about it. Fresh off a six man of the year award. Yeah. I mean, their whole roster is going to be made up of, like, players that are signing four-year, like, $90 million contracts. It's going to be him, Buddy Heald. Him, uh, Buddy Heald? Buddy Heald. They're trying to trade him. Good fucking luck trying to trade that guy somewhere with this contract. Yo, did you see? I read that apparently Luke Walton has been calling him ever since the bubble, and he just doesn't answer his calls. That's amazing. He's in the bubble. <laughs> He's in the Bahamas chilling right now. Why would he be answering your calls, Luke? It's your head coach, dude. Can you say hi? That's super funny. Also, though. what do you like, what do you think, Luke? What do you think Luke Walton's texts are like as a coach? Yo, dude, what's up? It's Luke. Hit me back. <laughs> yeah, hit me back. It's got to be something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, that, that's another team. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but like earlier this off season when the Knicks, uh, we we got the eighth pick. Like, the, uh, what's his name? De'Aaron Fox was like making fun of the Knicks for getting that pick. I'm just like, dude, you're on the Sacramento Kings. Nobody gives a shit about the Sacramento Kings. Well, I don't I care that. how good you are. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. But uh, yeah, so I, I heard that rumor that that PG. Might be going to the Nets, which would obviously make the Nets a lot better. But I, would it really? I don't know. If you're, it's kind of like addition by subtraction, really. But wait, can we talk about the Nets? Can we talk about the Nets really quick? Because I feel like we, since we got on the Nets, we do have to bring up. Did you guys see the podcast that Kevin Durant and Kyrie did, where they said that oh, maybe KD? Maybe KD will be a coach one day, and then maybe Kyrie will be a coach the next day, and that they don't really need a coach. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Those yeah. guys, Kyrie is the worst person for an organization. I'm telling you, Sean Marks is going to be sitting there a year from now just shaking his head that he signed this clown. That's the same podcast where he said that he's he's never had like a number one option or something, right? It was something to that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like shading LeBron very hard. Uh, oh, okay, Kyrie. And then did you see the video where he came out on Instagram? He's like, typical media running with a narrative. It's not brother versus brother. It's like, dude, you want to ring with LeBron. Who the fuck did you think we were going to compare that guy to? Yeah. The other top player in the league? Like, come on. Like, bro, you're Robin. You're Robin. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You are Robin. Like, the, you, you are Robin. You're yeah. Robin. And you're talking shit. Well, I, I mean, yeah, they're going to have their issues, especially with them saying all that stuff. Like, oh, I'll be coach one day. I'll, okay, yeah, go be coach one day. Your team's going to go nowhere, and you're going to get your GM and coach fired within, like, a year or two. So, good all luck. All I can say luck. is good luck, Steve Nash. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, all right, boys, any, uh, any other rumors here that you guys want to go over? Should we kick it over to the finals? Let's do it. I'm ready right. to talk about my new favorite player, baby. 
All right, then start us off. What do you think? And what are your thoughts on the finals so far? I think Spolstra said it best after game three. They were like, all right, so what are your thoughts about game three? And he just went, Jimmy effing Butler. Dude, oh. that's it. He out, he out LeBron, Le- LeBron while playing LeBron. For sure, dude. 40-point triple-double. Completely commands the whole team. Um, I love how they switch game four. They play Olenek and Myers Leonard. Space to floor, shoot threes. And they actually hit shots. Yep. And Butler's like, yo, get out the way. I got this. And he does. And then my boy, Tyler Hero, finally wakes up, hits a shot with two minutes left and snarls. Oh, I love it. Fucking six love of, it. Six of 18, mean mugging the whole Fucking, everybody. Did you see that snarl? Like, oh, baby, give it to him. Dude, I could be going 0 for Wag. 50. And if I hit a shot like that, hell yeah, I'm going to be snarling. I just love it. Dude, born in what? I, 2000. Dude, I have pubes. <laughs> I have pubes older than Tyler Hero. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the series so far? Man, honestly, it's been a crazy series. The first game, I maybe turned that shit off at halftime. I was like, this is going to be exactly like the 2009 Lakers Magic series where the Lakers just <laughs> destroy them and, like, it's not even worth watching. And then yeah. game two, I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I was into it. Then, again, obviously the Lakers coming through. And then game three, I was like, Jimmy fucking Butler. I mean, Jimmy it was Butler. such a such a display by him. I mean, also to Tyler Hero fucking balling, uh, you know, hitting the three. Uh, obviously, everybody on the heat pouring in, you know, and, and obviously on the defensive end as well. Um, I think it was really what they were doing in game three is the best defense they've played in the entire series. And they're starting to pick up, I think, on a couple of the things that the Lakers are doing. I think Spolstra has had a couple of games on tape now to look at what the Lakers are doing and figure out ways to, to, to shade defenders over for that pick and roll with AD especially and start to break up some of that play that the Lakers have really capitalized on this season. So, no, I'm, I'm really excited for tonight. I think this is going to be a big game tonight. For sure. I, I definitely think, you know, what Jimmy Butler did in game three was – I think it was even more impressive that he was guarding LeBron the whole game, right? Like, he was like, fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm guarding yep. you. Yep. I don't care. You can set as many picks as you want. My guy will come over and help me for a second, but then he's getting the fuck out of the way because I'm guarding you all game. And then I'm going to drop 40 points and a triple-double on you. So, like, dude, like, that's the kind of fucking guy I want on the Knicks. You know, like, God damn it. Knicks just keep fucking me over, but. <laughs> <laughs> one day but we'll have a guy that we can reach. One day. One, one day. day. But that's the kind, like, that was just, like, okay, like, I'm Jimmy Butler. I'm here. Like, I'm making a statement for, like, being a legit, like, top 10 player in the NBA. But, uh, Easy, I'm interested to hear what you think is going on with, like, the rest of the Laker team because I know we've said this a few times on the podcast. The rest of the roster sucks. And it seems like Miami now is figuring out, like, okay, like, let's just get the ball into, like, Caruso and KCP 
and Danny Green, who has just lost all of his powers. Let's get the balls the balls into their hands and see what they could do. So interested to hear your thoughts on the, the Lakers roster. Well, it's funny because, like, game one, they shoot a bunch of threes, blow out the heat, and you're like, oh, the Lakers are unstoppable. But it's like, dude, Caruso's not hitting all those threes. Rondo's not hitting all those threes. Markeith Morris isn't hitting all those threes. Like, settle down. Yeah. And then uh, games two and three, they've regressed to their mean. Like, you know? Um, but one thing that I don't think is talked about enough, and I still think, I'll be very honest, I still think this series is over. Um, dude, there were so many bullshit touch fouls that the Heat were just like, like flopping on for just to get the call against Davis. Yeah. Like, which is yeah. today's Agreed. NBA. It's today's NBA, so you have to do it because the Lakers do it to the Heat. That's why Bam was in foul trouble game one. So I get it. The refs aren't – they're going to play, a, like, a looser game tonight just because Davis is coming off that foul trouble game. And I think that's going to be tough because, like, when you can't make Davis, like, sit on the bench, he's going to score 1,000 points against Jay fucking Crowder, you know? Yeah. So it, if they could – if Bam could D him up and – uh, I think they're just going to, like, they'll end up doing, like, Davis at the five, LeBron at the four, Kuzma three, or whatever it is, and they'll just have to, uh, Davis play center. If Adebayo can play defense, I think it's going to be a series, but if they downsize, it might be 3-1. It might be 3-1 later tonight, you know? Oh, boy. Right. Charlie, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, yeah band is critical. Like- no, I'm just gonna say that that's a that's a big point there that you just made. Like two guys, one of them is Bam and Dragic being out. So Charlie, interested to hear yeah. what you gotta say about those guys. Yeah, Bam is critical. I mean, he has to come back tonight. A, he's got to play defense. Easier, exactly right. But then also too, they've got to get the offensive production that they got from him in the series against the Celtics. Right? If you think back to those closeout games, yep. the offense was running through him. They were producing at a very high level, and Bam was getting those shots. He needs to look for his shot. He needs to get to his shot, um, which I think is going to be critical for the Heat. Obviously, Jimmy needs to have another huge night tonight. But then obviously, too, like Hero, Robinson, Crowder all need to be consistent in shooting the three. And I think one critical thing for the Heat, too, is that they need to start fast early. And they need to look for the threes early, specifically with Crowder. They need to look for Jay in the first part of the game on the three to get them going a little bit and not fall into like a 18-6, 19-6, 26 hole with the Lakers in the first quarter. And then they're just playing catch up and battling back for the rest of the game. So they've got to start out hot and really keep that momentum going. And they've got to get the three-point production. I think a, a key for that is maybe actually starting Kendrick Nunn. I know he's he's had some minutes in the first couple of games, and he actually had, I think he had a good game too. He didn't really play much in game three, right? But like, if Dragic's not going to play, and you want that fast start, like there's your guy. You know, like start him, and you know if he if he's not playing well, then you can obviously sub him out. But uh, 
Izzy, interested to hear what you think some of the keys are for the Heat. Um, I wanted to remark on the three thing that Charlie was talking about. I, I think it's funny how uh, game three, Butler scores 40 and doesn't even take a three-point attempt. Yeah, right. Like crazy. Old school game, and he just was like, dude, that's not my game. I'll let the shooters shoot. And, like, yep. if that's the approach, like, I mean, they showed us in game three it worked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Hero can't be shooting six of 18. Um, hopefully the Instagram yeah. model took care of him before the game and he's good to go. <laughs> um, dude, yo, that, that is a subplot that I think sh- should be brought up more. Do you know – I don't know her name, but uh, – Whoever Tyler Hero is dating is some, like, Instagram model. Is the same – that chick used to date Kuzma in the beginning of the year. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Winnie Harlow? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I couldn't even tell you. No, no, Charlie. That, that's who that's – who, I think that's who Kuzma's dating now. That's who he's dating now. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But, yo – I want to hear more about that subplot. Let me get some Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson takes on that. <laughs> like, we're just, just taking L's all over. That's like kind of like when Seth Curry like looked at Paul George and was like, stop being a bitch. Like, I love that stuff because like Seth Curry is married to Doc Rivers' daughter who Paul George cheated on with a stripper. So like <laughs> there's, there's connection here. Like, Dude, I want Tyler Hero to fucking throw one down on Kuzma and just, like, grab his jump. He'd be like, yeah, like, something cool. <laughs> I mean, I-, I wouldn't put it past him. Yo, he's got swag. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it, it, it's, it's right there. I just hope he dude, takes the opportunity. He, you know what, speaking of opportunity, that dude is taking advantage of every opportunity that he's been given right now. He's like firing off threes. He's living in Miami. He's got an Instagram Instagram girlfriend. Like, what else? Yeah, does this and he's guy like need? twenty years old. Think about <laughs> he's that. He's twenty, 20 years, years, old. years old. Can't even go and get a drink at a bar yet. Can't even go to the bar. Can you imagine what's going to happen when this guy starts going out to the clubs in Miami? Guy's driving a Ferrari around South Beach at twenty-one <laughs> years old. Uh, uh, uh. Dwayne Wade in his backseat. <laughs> I'm in dinner. Pat Riley riding shotgun. Those three would be tearing apart Miami. Heat culture. He, dude, you know, I don't know why this popped into my head, but, like, I could definitely see, like, Dwayne Wade taking over, like, that Pat Riley role for the Heat when he gets older. Absolutely. I don't know why. I don't 100%. Know he, right? Like, I don't know if Dwayne Wade has any idea how to run a franchise, but, like, he would just fit the mold. Fully agree. I'm surprised he hasn't, and I would be surprised if he hasn't transitioned into some sort of advisor role in the front office already. I know he's also close with Mickey Arison, who owns the Heat, too. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're already doing something like that. I'm going to counter that, Kev, with I I could see, I feel like Deep Wade's too big of a star to do something like that. I I could see, like, like Haslam or Alonzo Mourning. Or like one of those like 
Yeah, one of those dudes. Because, like, Haslam, everyone has to lick his ass. He's been on a part of every <laughs> championship. Zero percent body 40. fat. 40. Who cares? He makes a million, the- bajillion dollars. And I got to be impressed because he doesn't have body fat? Like, good, good for you. I can't believe they still put a roster spot out for him. It's crazy, actually. Like, you could have somebody on the playoffs who could contribute. Yeah, and he literally just coaches. Wait, so the reason they did that, I don't know if you guys know, is because he took the biggest discount when the Heat were going when they were trying to sign LeBron, uh, Dwayne, and Chris Bosh, and they based and Pat Riley basically told him like, "Hey, if you do this for us now, we'll hook you. We'll hook you up later in your career." Which is why. So they're just like keeping him on the roster, like, like a thank you, as a thank you for LeBron. It's like like the Kobe treatment when he got that deal for like 24 a year and they were trash. Yeah. Amazing. Listen, I'll take it. I like that. Like, why not? That would be incredible if Udonis Haslam turns into like Pat Riley. But uh, I could just see like Spolstra doing that, right? Like, just moving his way on up. Once he gets a little bit older, yeah, he doesn't want to coach oh, yeah. anymore. It just goes into the front office. That guy's got it made too. But uh, the Heat are a good organization. I know they're completely well run from top to bottom. Wait, so I have a question for you guys. So because the Heat are good, because Butler's playing good. You, you like you're seeing all this like like CJ McCollum like posted up and was like I thought Butler was a bad teammate like you know and he's doing all this like buddy buddy stuff he wore like Tyler Hero's high school jersey one one day to practice after he went off for 37 points like he's doing like you know camaraderie building stuff right yeah what do you think Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins are saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Wiggins this is- fucking guy <laughs> tormented me for eight months. He made fun of me every day. He called me out on ESPN. I hate this dude. I think Wiggins. I can is tell fine. you. No, go for it, Charlie. I was about to say no, Kev. Real quick, I can tell you, Wiggins is probably praying that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson come back for the Warriors and they're good again. And Carl Anthony Towns is fucking praying that D'Angelo Russell is a shade of his former self. And <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, I think Wiggins is good because he's going to be on a good team next year. But Carl Anthony Towns is definitely crying. He's just, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do in Minnesota. I know they have D'Angelo Russell in that number one pick. But, uh, you know, Wiggins is gone. You think? Yo, I feel like the only reason they got him was so they could match a big salary in a trade. He's got a big contract, though. I don't know if it's going to be super easy for them to move that. But when you do trades, you got to match these contracts. Who are they going to go? They're going to get Embiid. Watch, watch them trade for Embiid. Do they have the second pick? They have Wiggins, who makes a big deal. Why wouldn't they make the trade? Or make a trade, I should say. Yeah, uh, you're right. I'm sure they could actually go after somebody even, like, somebody else. Wiggins, number two pick. Throw in, like, Draymond Green or something in there. Spice it up a bit. Yeah, make, oh, imagine they trade for James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
Oh baby, that would be that would be that'd be great. You'll never win again. All right, we got game four today. What do you guys say we wrap it up with? With our predictions for the rest of this series after seeing these first few games, Izzy, what are you uh, what are you thinking? I uh, I'm gonna give you a two part answer. Um, two part, part A. Part A is like part one from the basketball fan. Bam's gonna play. Drachi's gonna fight through it. Hit a clutch three. It's gonna be like that Kirk Gibson moment. <laughs> Bam's gonna figure it out. Like. Butler will have a 50-point triple-double. They'll even up the series 2-2. Realistically, is they move Davis to the five, and the Lakers win by 15. So, and what are you saying for the rest of the series? Realistically, I think Lakers are winning this 3-1. Dude, so... Le- LeBron's pissed. Year 17, everyone said he sucked. He's now in the finals. No way does he lose to Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. I mean, for me, I'm still going. I'm still going Heat in seven. So you're saying I like you're, going, it. you're going Lakers in five? Lakers in five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Charlie, what about you, bud? Yeah, so I got a little bit different prediction. I'm going Lakers tonight, 10 points. I think the Lakers Ooh. are going to win tonight. But I think Miami wins the next game. I think Jimmy claws back. I think they go 3-2 when Miami wins that game. And then Lakers win in game six. Damn, okay. A little different. Each one of us. I like that. I mean, I'm just hoping that Bam is healthy the rest of the series and we can take this to seven. Just make it interesting. Let us have some enjoyment. Yeah, what's few with weeks. Agreed. No injuries in the finals. That should be a rule. Yeah, no injuries in the finals. All right, boys, uh, any closing remarks here? Jimmy fucking Butler. Jimmy fucking Butler. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to end it with the go Knicks. <laughs> Tyler Hero in South Beach. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, see you later. Cue the music. Later, guys. Peace.